Freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome, one and all. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. This show is live every Tuesday evening from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time on whatonearthishappening.com. In the second hour, we'll be joining the Oracle Broadcasting Network over at oraclebroadcasting.com as part of a contribution to the Intel Hub radio show. Um, my uh, great friend Bob Tuscan, who uh, hosts the Intel Hub radio show every uh, Tuesday at the same time as this show, um, has me on every Tuesday evening for the second hour of the broadcast. And uh, we appreciate that and um, encourage everybody to check out the IntelHubRadio.com for more information about that great show. So we have a few event announcements uh, for events coming up in the area, and then I'll give the call-in numbers for the show. And then we'll get started. Uh, Tonight, we're going to have an extremely dark topic that we'll be discussing. It is going to be about, the show tonight is going to be about human sacrifice. And specifically, sacrifice related to goddess symbolism, as we've been discussing over the last couple of weeks. We're going to take a divergence from talking about symbolism, but uh, really not quite uh, so much. Next week, we'll be starting a new topic of uh, discussion and looking at the tradition of Freemasonry from an esoteric perspective, and we'll be looking at the signs and symbols of Freemasonry and what this allegorical tradition has to teach us. So we'll be looking at Freemasonry over the next few weeks. That will tie in with future symbolism that we will be discussing because understanding the basic concepts of Freemasonry is a prerequisite toward understanding certain Masonic symbolism as it is used in our culture. So uh, that's coming up on future shows. Uh, For now, let's get into the event announcements, and I have two of them, as I have for the last couple weeks. I'll be reading the same two announcements here. The Free Your Mind Conference is racing toward us. It is uh, about three weeks away. It is going to be the biggest event of this kind in the Philadelphia area, as far as I know, Uh, that has ever taken place in this area. 
Free Your Mind is a conference on consciousness, mind control, and the occult. Saturday, April 9th and Sunday, April 10th at Ruba Hall, 414 Green Street in Philadelphia, PA. The doors open at 9 a.m. and the speakers will begin promptly at 10 a.m. Actually, there'll be a, a short intro a little bit before 10. Uh, we'll have a, a, a guest to introduce the day and welcome everyone at about 9.50 a.m. And then we'll be starting with the first speaker promptly at 10 a.m. Admission price is extremely affordable, only $20 per day in advance. If you get your tickets in advance uh, through, through the uh, instructions on the website, if instead you uh, elect to get your tickets at the door, tickets will be $30 at the door on the days of the conference. Free Your Mind is a unique two-day conference scheduled for April 9th and 10th, 2011 in Philadelphia, PA, featuring multiple speakers and diverse educational materials for the purpose of raising public awareness of the critically important topics of mass mind control techniques, the covert and subversive influences upon our consciousness and behavior, trauma-based and ritualized abuse, and the practical mental and emotional healing methodologies available for those affected by these devices. Sixteen great speakers are featured, including Aaron McCollum, Alfred Weber, Andrew Bastiago, Bob Tuscan, Farah Yurdozu, Freeman Fly, Jan Irvin, John Nicholson, Joseph Mara, Larkin Rose, Laura Eisenhower, Mark Matika, Mark Passio, Michael Kelly, Paul Marco, and Suzanne Taylor. At the end of Saturday, we will be having an exclusive Philadelphia screening of Suzanne Taylor's documentary film, What on Earth? Inside the Crop Circle Mystery. And at the end of the day on Sunday, we will be having a speaker panel discussion uh, and Q&A session with the audience with whatever speakers happen to be remaining at the conference at the end of the day on Sunday and wish to participate in the panel discussion. For more information on the Free Your Mind Conference, please visit the conference website at www.freeyourmindconference.com. The second and final event announcement for tonight is FedStock 2, the official End the Fed Rally for Philadelphia. FedStock 2 will be taking place on April 23rd, 2011. April 23rd, 2011, that is a Saturday. The theme for this year is turn your back on the Fed and reduce your Federal Reserve note footprint. There'll be a concert with lots of great bands playing at FedStock 2. This is, event is hosted by the great activist group in Philadelphia, Truth, Freedom, Prosperity, Saturday, April 23rd, 2011, the official and the Fed Rally for Philadelphia, FedStock 2. For more information, visit www.phillyandthefed.com or www.truthfreedomprosperity.org. So those are the event announcements for today. Let me give the call-in number for the show. In the first hour, I'll be using exclusively the talk show, talk shoe system. And then for the second hour, I would like to take calls through the Oracle network. So for the first hour, the call-in number is 
724-444-7444. Once again, call-in number for the first hour, 724-444-7444. And the call ID number, which you will be prompted for upon calling in for this show, is 83515. Once again, the call ID number, 83515. And uh, I'll give the call-in number for Oracle in the second hour. So, here we go. I'd like to direct everyone to my website, if you're not already there, listening through the, uh, the Flash Player plug-in through the site, on the Radio Listen page of whatonearthishappening.com. The Radio Listen button, when you go to the site, is on the upper left-hand side of the site. You click Listen Live, it takes you to the Radio Listen page, under which you will see images for tonight's show, and there will be two sections listed there. Uh, There will be one called Sacrifice of the Goddess, and the second section will be called The Occult Season of Sacrifice. And there's a small amount of images for tonight's show, but I guarantee you there will be a lot of content to think about because, uh, again, as I said, this is a dark topic of discussion, and it involves um, many aspects of the dark occult, specifically how they use goddess symbolism whenever they are invoking a sacrifice ritual. And this brings us to the main point here, is that human sacrifice rituals still are ongoing into the present day. This is not something that was once with humanity and is no longer practiced. This is not something from the ancient past, although it was done as well into Uh, very ancient times, it has stayed with us up through the current day. And I know to many who are unstudied in the occult and who may really look at the world from a uh, traditional scientific left brain worldview and uh, one in in the the traditional political left-right paradigm or one of traditional education, that sounds ludicrous. That sounds like something that could not possibly be or could not possibly be occurring in our world. And I assure you that it is. If you understand the occult, understand what its symbols are, what these symbols represent, and what they are basically saying to the people of the earth, you understand that in recurring patterns, symbolism that specifically represents the goddess is continuously destroyed in ritual um, enactments in the light of day, in broad daylight, because dark occultists who practice these rituals, and the rituals are indeed about giving blood to the earth, um, understand what this goddess symbolism represents to them in their religion, in their worldview, in their understanding. And people will say, well, I don't believe in any of that stuff. So that's the first thing I want to address when it comes to uh, things like this, particularly symbolism or um, uh, traditions of any kind. People will immediately respond, well, that's not my beliefs. That's someone else's beliefs. And I've said it before on this show, and I'll continue to repeat it. It matters very little what any individual believes. Okay, that's one of the first um, responses that you get back from resistant people. 
that do not want to uh, accept that things like this go on, even into the modern day and in our times, and is still happening. And we may have just witnessed one of them. We may have just witnessed a human sacrifice ritual. Uh, the tsunami in Japan could very well have been man-made. We've talked about um, HARP before on the show when we went into negative effects of health. We very briefly uh, speculated on it uh, about you know, um, energies that can be easily beamed into the Earth's atmosphere through technology that is being used for immoral purposes. Uh, this is, you know, bastardizations of advanced research like what uh, Nikola Tesla was doing, and this is a very immoral application of Tesla technology, a scalar wave technology or non-Hertzian wave technology. And um, what, what this is capable of could result in something like what we just witnessed in Japan and are still witnessing because of the repercussions of, uh, of this earthquake and tsunami, what is going on with these nuclear reactors out there, could turn into a much bigger environmental disaster than anybody uh, dreamed. But to, to go back to my point, when people initially respond this way, uh, what I tell them is, your beliefs have nothing to do with whether someone else is willing to act upon theirs. I mean, just think about it from a purely logical perspective. If you are an atheist, let's just say that happens to be your worldview and your belief system, and it is a belief system, atheism. Let's just say you're an atheist, okay? Uh, you believe that there is no such thing as God or any creative energy or force that is responsible for putting creation here, okay? Um, that's your belief system. Now, is it impossible for you to be affected by someone with a different belief system acting on that belief system? Of course it isn't. You could be an atheist and a fundamentalist right-wing Christian faction can decide that they're going to go and uh, shoot up an abortion clinic. And if you happen to be in the crossfire of that exchange, it will affect your world, guaranteed. You, have, you, you need not believe in any beliefs that those people happen to believe in to be affected by it. The same thing is true of the dark occult. These beliefs are in existence. People take them into themselves and their own worldview, and they act upon them. Their behavior is based upon what their belief structure entails. Therefore, you don't need to believe in any of this stuff. It's irrelevant whether you believe in it or not. The fact is, I'm simply trying to make aware, make people aware that there are people who hold these belief systems. They do exist in this world, and they are the kind of psychopathic individuals who have the developed will to act upon these beliefs in very definitive and extremely evil ways. And that's the point people need to keep in mind. People who don't want to accept this, who are resistant, who exist in cognitive dissonance about some of the stuff that's going on, actually believe that other people are making judgments and enacting behavior that is constrained by the same level of morality or conscience that they are constrained by. And that's not the case. There are people out there who basically have no conscience, and killing thousands of people is nothing to them. 
It's irrelevant. These are irrelevant lives if they're in the way of the plan that they're trying to put forward. So to, to take out any number of people, if they're standing in the way of an agenda, is, is absolutely, there's no thought behind it whatsoever. It's, yeah, do it. Why, why even wait? And the whole attitude that people have of, oh, he, they wouldn't do that. The, the people you're talking about wouldn't do that is completely naive. It's based in total naivete because <clears throat> what they're really thinking in the, in the back of their own mind is that I wouldn't do that. In other words, from the perspective of the person thinking about whether these acts could be done, they're thinking, I would never do such a thing. And that's the fundamental mistake that they're making. They're assuming that everyone else is constrained by the same level of uh, understanding of morality or conscience that they are constrained by. And that's a big mistake because, like I said, there are people out there who basically don't have a conscience and would do anything to get what they want to get regardless of how many lives it affects or destroys. So we're going to talk about um, sacrifice related to the goddess symbolism in, in particular, and then later in the show I'm going to break down what is known as the season of sacrifice in circles of dark occultism and un help people understand what this time frame of the year is, this 40-day time period during the course of a year, and maybe help them to uh, watch uh, what to look out for, to keep in mind, uh, you know, signs uh, that basically they need to watch out for during this time period because uh, all, very frequently, very often, the occultists will trot out a ritual during this, uh, during this time period of this 40 days known as the season of sacrifice. So uh, last week, I started talking about the sacrifice of the goddess and how this symbolism is used when sacrifice rituals are invoked. I'm going to recap that at the, at the beginning here and then uh, give examples of different sacrifice rituals that invoke the goddess. So if you look at image number one, we showed last week that this is just basically uh, an overview of what we're talking about here. It's the immolation, the burning or the destroying in some form of the goddess represented, of course, as we saw in previous weeks, the white dove, okay? So the white dove is being burned or destroyed in sacrifice rituals. The first, uh, the second image is the first uh, example that I gave of how symbolically the dove has come in to replace the sacred feminine figure, okay? The archetype of the sacred feminine. In Christianity in particular, in the Christian tradition, the dove replaces the Divine Mother or Blessed Mother in the trinity of thought, emotion, and action, which is actually the internal trinity, but in this religion, it's given to people in the exoteric form of an external trinity. So uh, the dove replaces the Divine Feminine in this uh, three-part equation about consciousness because it is being set up as the emotional qualities or the sacred feminine qualities to be removed. Therefore, um, a, dominate, a male dominator religion is actually created and all the things that go along with that form of male domination as we have seen over the centuries since uh, the adoption uh, in its current form of Christianity in, uh, the Western, in Western civilization. 
So the dove represents the Holy Spirit in this trinity. And again, it is the sacred feminine being replaced because it is essentially being downplayed or removed. And therefore, um, it's replaced in uh, spirit only, or it is looked at as a ghost, something which has died from the world, the Holy Ghost, the emotions, or the sacred feminine part of the consciousness, and specifically the right brain hemisphere, is actually uh, what, is, um, what has been significantly downplayed and basically removed from culture. So, in image number three, which is where we left off last week, if I recall, we were talking about war, and we were looking at an example of a war memorial statue, okay? Uh, this is image number three, and it shows soldiers, I believe, of course, this is a World War I memorial, and I, um, uh, I'm not sure what city this is from, but uh, what you're seeing here is a, a reference to the sacrifice of the goddess. Again, uh, some researchers will look at this as a sacrifice to the dark goddess. I do not agree with that assessment. I think that in um, these sacrifice rituals, and you can see this repeated over and over again, and we will tonight, the sacrifice is not for a goddess, but it is destroying the goddess herself, because what they are doing is destroying conscience. They are destroying the sacred feminine. Again, that's the critical thing to keep in mind here is that this has nothing to do with an actual person. The goddess is not an actual person. It is a symbol. It's a symbol for truth, justice, freedom, uh, enlightenment, and compassion. That's what we're really talking about here. That's what the sacred feminine energy or consciousness is ultimately about because it's ultimately about getting in touch with the inward qualities or the emotional qualities of the self. That's what the goddess symbolizes or represents. So when we are looking at this image of an angel or a sacred feminine being out in front in this statue with her wings outstretched, we're seeing a symbolic analog of the goddess or the dove with her outstretched wings. Okay? Angels are traditionally viewed as white beings, bright, brilliant, white, light beings, and they have huge wings, symbolically, okay? And this is all analogous to the dove symbolism that we saw here last week. She has her wings outstretched around the soldiers. Now, the word soldier we can break down in green language, and I've done this a little bit on the show in the past, but alchemical language or word plays tell us a lot. And the occult loves word play. They love it, especially the dark occult. They relish word play. They like telling people something in a way that is actually derogatory or abusive or in a mock sense, in a pure form of mockery. Yet, the person who is being mocked or ridiculed or abused will not have any idea that this is the case, that they are actually being told um, what the dark occultists think of them. And you can understand how ancient this form of psychopathy and dark occultism has been with us because it has 
indeed been with us for as long as languages have been with us and, they, and since they have been invented and perhaps even predate that time period. Okay? This is ancient. It's ancient. It's not anything new. For people that think that this is something new now that's going on, go back and do more research to understand how ancient really human enslavement is and tyranny of all kinds is. It's nothing that's new. It's very ancient. So we look at how words are put together and what they're actually saying to the people that they refer to. Okay, We'll be talking about this a lot in the future. Uh, and as a matter of fact, my topic at the Free Your Mind conference is on occult mockery. That's what my, uh, my presentation is going to be entitled, Occult Mockery. So um, this is a form of it. And they're telling soldiers that essentially they are soul dyers. And we can look at that in a number of different ways. Soul, the first part of the word soldier, okay, is S-O-L. S-O-L is the name for our sun, the sun, okay, the light of the world, okay? Soul, S-O-L, the scientific name for the sun, okay? It also represents phonetically the word soul, S-O-U-L, okay? It also represents the word S-O-L-E, soul, as in one, Meaning, what's being destroyed is the light. What's being destroyed is um, the actual soul of the individual, their spirit, which is what the sacrifice of the goddess is all about. And what's being destroyed is their unity consciousness because they are being set upon other people. It's us versus them. Not only that, but they are doing things that they themselves often believe are not morally right, yet they have been conditioned to believe that it's necessary to do them. Therefore, they are destroying the unity of their own consciousness through going against, through their actions, what they actually believe to know to be right. So they're going against, in their, their actions are being turned against their own thoughts and emotions. Therefore, they become a being that is... Uh, um, basically divided within. Their consciousness itself is divided amongst them, their, them, their own selves, meaning they are not a soul. They are not one within. They are divided. And this word, as I said before on previous podcasts, in the Hebrew tradition is called Satan. This is where we get the word Satan from in the Christian tradition. Satan means the adversary, the one who opposes. Uh, it means the, the opposition, it means the one who rips apart from within, the, the internal adversarial force. So this is the dark side of conscience. This is the destroyer of conscience. Okay? In, in the equation, you know, when you see symbolically represented conscience by an angel on the right shoulder and a devil on the, right, on the left shoulder, the Satan force is that devil. It is that beast. Okay? It's that demon that is inwardly existing. It's the dark uh, uh, voice in our mind, okay, that tells us, go against what you know to be true. Go against your feelings. Do this even though you know that it's wrong, okay? And there's a hundred thousand justifications. There's a hundred thousand different justifications that people will come up with. They'll say, oh, you, you don't value, you know, that your freedom was fought for. 
actually, there are times when people need to take a stand against tyranny. But uh, the uh, amount of wars that have been fought um, that are really about that are negligible in comparison to the wars that are orchestrations, that are basically fought for resources and for the, the protection of a specific elite group over another faction of the same elite group, or in many cases, the elite group controlling both sides of the equation of war uh, in a dialectic, in a um, dark example of dialectical mechanics, which we talked about when we uh, discussed controlled opposition as a method of mind control, just to create and uh, manage the outcome, to, to create a specific outcome that they had planned all along. Many times wars are fought just for the management of the outcome of the chaos that results from the war. So war is a manipulation game. But more than that, it's an example of human sacrifice in the modern day. When you look into the occult and its symbols, you see that soldiers or soul dyers, okay, the second part of the word is dire, D. I-E-R, one who is dying, okay? The soul dyer goes off to a field of sacrifice. That's what the battlefield is. It's an altar of sacrifice. This is a ritual that is being conducted. That's what war is. It's a modern-day human sacrifice ritual. And the soul dyers, the soldiers, are clad in occult symbolism. This is what I'll be talking about at the Free Your Mind conference. I won't get deeply into that tonight, but they put symbols of occultism all over their uniforms. The medals that they are given, okay, are also occult in nature, the symbolism upon them. It often involves the goddess, because ultimately what they are being rewarded for is destroying their conscience and keeping it out of the way while they do the murder that their elite masters have commanded them to do to themselves and to other human beings. And in the modern day, war need not be, um, uh, I'm sorry, human sacrifice need not be anything that involves, um, you know, capturing someone and dragging them against their will to an altar to then slay them through some ritualistic, uh, you know, um, st uh, stabbing or, or uh, cutting as it was done in the past. Um, people of the modern day are all too happy in their deep, deep levels of mind control to sacrifice themselves for their occult masters and owners. They go off to war, to the, the altar of sacrifice, to basically sacrifice themselves, okay, because of what was told to them. Not very often not have any, having anything to do with actual action that was taken. And even if they do believe that it was an action taken, almost invariably it was some sort of a false flag event that was perpetrated by provocateurs of the elite factions. And 9-11 is the perfect example of that, that dark example of the dark Hegelian dialectic in action. We're going to get to that but we need a lot more prerequisite understanding of symbolism and um, orchestration of events before we can really understand what 9-11 truly was and all of the symbolism that goes hand-in-hand hand with that human sacrifice ritual. 
So understand that that's what war is ultimately about. It's about clothing people and uh, draping them in the trappings of occult symbolism, putting a gun in their hand, whispering in their ear, go and get this other person because they're the evil one, they're the bad guy, and then watching the human sacrifice unfold. Uh, and it, all of this is done simply to give blood to the earth, as we're going to talk about what the twisted worldview of some of these dark elitists is about, is that if blood is not given to the earth, uh, essentially um, nothing will continue to live or grow. They believe that the earth is imbued with life force energy because blood is what imbues us with life force energy, as we talked about in the life force symbolism section. Uh, dark occultism actually believes that the, the spirit or ether or life force energy is contained within the blood of human beings. And therefore, this blood needs to be uh, periodically released from the being and given to the planet upon which we live. Otherwise, the planet will not be able to sustain life. And I, that is a completely crazy belief. Yet there are people out there that actually believe that very thing, and not only believe in it, act upon it. And that's why war is continuous. It's continuous. If you, You'll notice there is almost never a time in human history when war is not being conducted. Perpetual war is one of the MOs of the elite. It's one of the MOs of the dark occult. And again, I should say the so-called elite, the people who view themselves as our owners and masters and view themselves as elitists, and they're nothing of the kind. They're just twisted, psychopathic uh, idiots, as, as a matter of fact, is really what they are. They're people who really do not really ultimately know the true nature of self. That's the definition of an idiot. Uh, they think that they do, and they have really no idea, because if they did, they wouldn't act the way that they act. As I've said before, quoting the philosopher Yang Ming, to know and not to do is not to know. So if your actions ultimately betray what you say you know, you don't really know that thing. You only claim to know it. So uh, let's look at image number four as we go forward here. And this is where the symbolism of the dove and the, the goddess, which are essentially analogous to each other, are going to become very clear. Now, these are seemingly unrelated events. The death of Princess Diana, the uh, uh, hurricane in the uh, south of the United States uh, called Hurricane Katrina, which happened back in 05, um, the Columbine High School massacre, okay, and the Virginia Tech school shootings. All right, we're going to look at what all of these human sacrifice rituals, which indeed is what they are, had in common. So, the first thing to notice is that the, um, the former Prince of Wales, Diana, okay, shares the name of a Roman goddess. The Roman goddess Diana is one of the names that the goddess is named after. Okay, in goddess tradition, Diana is the Roman name for, for this goddess, so, if you look into the whole story about what happened during Princess Diana's accident, and you really deeply research it, you understand that this is not, was not an accident. There's, I'm, I'm not going to go deeply into detail about this because it would take up the whole show. Um, you can read 
lots of information about this online and in books. If you just research Diana, Princess Diana, murdered. Okay, that's really all you would need to put in. Maybe I'll put in some links for this research for the podcast this week. But um, Diana's death was not an accident. The royal family did not like her, of the, of the royal family of Eng- England. They wanted her out of the way. They understood that she was coming uh, into her own as far as people really, really liking her, loving her, uh, wanting to listen to her message. She had a lot of people's ears about what was really going on in the world, and she was affecting change in great numbers. And when they find a person like that, they don't want to keep them around very long because that person does truly have influence and has the ability to get a lot of people to listen to them. So if you look at the whole story with her driver and the, uh, the uh, tunnel that she went through, where it passed on the way to Paris, it passed an Egyptian obelisk, it went into a tunnel, there was essentially na- another variation of the goddess's name, okay? Um, there is so much to this that is symbolic, not to mention her name. And they put a memorial of a burning torch, an ever-burning torch, again, goddess symbolism, in, uh, up in the place where she actually died, above the place where she, where she died in that tunnel. Um, all of this adds up to the fact that Diana's so-called accident, which led to her death, and uh, also she was left there untreated. We don't really know what went on during the time after the accident and when so-called help arrived. Um, because, oh, coincidence of coincidences, all of the cameras that normally uh, watch that uh, strip of highway uh, in Paris were all malfunctioning simultaneously. That's just incredible how that works, that there was no no um, visual record uh, available because the cameras, which normally record everything, were suddenly malfunctioning on that day. Look into it. There's so much more to it. I don't have time to go into all of it uh, on one show, but understand this was a ritual sacrifice, and it was done to get Diana out of the way because she was becoming an outspoken uh, proponent of of peace, anti-war activism, and really helping many causes uh, of uh, true humanity uh, as opposed to the fake causes that the elite set up as uh, uh, vehicles of... Uh, their fake brand of care re- really to get exorbitant amounts of money into their systems of control uh, through their tax-exempt foundations. But what Diana was doing was actual good works, and uh, they, didn't want, they didn't want that to last very long because it would have snowballed into something much larger with her level of fame and, again, her popularity, which is far beyond what any other member of the royal family ever had or could dream of. So uh, they decided to basically take her out in a ritual sacrifice element, which also may have involved uh, Manchurian candidate-style mind control programming uh, of the driver. If you look into this deeply, you'll understand that this is not something that is just being speculated about. There's a lot of research to back this up, and I'll probably post some links and documents uh, for further investigation in the podcast section with this uh, show. So... The key thing to keep in mind here is that this is the sacrifice of a goddess. Again, she's a sacred feminine figure that is developing true care. She is named after the goddess, and she is ritually murdered. 
Okay. The second example is where you will see um, symbolism used in form, okay, or in this case in architecture, and this comes up over and over again. Architectural symbolism is something that we are going to cover when we come back to symbolism after a few weeks. I'm going to be covering Freemasonry next because that's a prerequisite to understanding talismanic symbolism or symbolism that is used on money. So we'll be looking at that after we look at Freemasonry. Then we'll be going, returning to looking at um, architectural symbolism because only uh, understanding uh, Masonic symbolism and some talismanic symbolism can we understand how um, symbolism works when it is used in architecture. And this is actually one of the more effective modes of symbolism because it's always in place. It's always having an effect simply by nature of the form and the resonant energy that the form is outputting. Now, again, that's also a concept that many people will find uh, difficult to, to uh, grasp or um, to accept, but form in and of itself is a form of energy, shape, okay, archetype, the way something is built, the, the lines or curves that it has, has an effect on the con subconscious mind and then that's brought forward into the conscious mind through behavior okay so the way a building is built can actually affect the consciousness of the people inside the building all right the function of the building is often related to the form of the building okay and the form of the building is often used or chosen in relation to specific events all right, and we will d definitely see that when we look at 9-11 because the, the, the symbolism of those buildings relates very deeply to occult traditions of many kinds. And we'll be looking at that when we talk about the 9-11 ritual in future weeks. But for now, let's look at the Superdome of New Orleans. This was the place where um, emergency uh, management officials told people who had nowhere else to go in the vicinity of New Orleans when Hurricane Katrina was striking to go to wait out the hurricane. And as we saw in the aftermath, FEMA did not immediately come in and attempt to help these individuals. They basically left them there for the better portion of a week without supplies, without medication, without clean water, without proper sanitation, uh, in this breast-shaped building, okay? So this is the feminine dome. And this was an attempted human sacrifice ritual. And if you'll notice also, it was also perpetrated upon a population that was largely African-American and other minorities, Okay, they, the dark occultists, also are extraordinarily racist, very racist. They always attack uh, people of uh, non-Nordic persuasion or non-white-skinned, okay, light-haired. This is the whole idea of what Hitler had in mind. He wanted to try to breed out so-called impurities in the genes because he believed that the true Aryan people or the Nordic people were 
de- derived, were directly descended from um, ancient, an ancient race of supermen, which may have been extraterrestrial. You don't hear much about that in the research regarding the Nazi occult beliefs, but indeed that's what Hitler believed, and that people of darker-skinned and haired persuasions of any nationality or country of origin ultimately needed to go away, and that was going to be Hitler's function. It was going to be one of his functions uh, in b- bringing his brave new world order into being. And, uh, you know, as I've said before, if you think that um, the Nazis lost World War II, you're also very naive. The Nazis didn't lose anything. Germany may have lost World War II, but the Nazis uh, went underground and they continued their ideological agenda from covert um, persuasions. Uh, and that's still being waged today, and indeed that's really who this war of information is being fought against. It's being fought against people who absolutely are Nazis in their heart, and they still hold Nazi beliefs. And that includes extreme forms of racism. And, you know, as we talked about, that's purely, they try to perpetuate that to the, their um, uh, cattle that they want to herd and control, okay? So they try to get as many other people to be racist so that they'll turn against each other in this divide and conquer strategy, which we talked about in Methods of Mind Control um, previously on this show, so that people will become weaker because they'll be fighting amongst themselves. And essentially, they really accomplished that to a large extent in the ritual of Hurricane Katrina um, by... Um, by um, uh, setting the classes against each other in many ways. Um, Rich people had an opportunity to get out, or people who at least had the means to get out of that city uh, during the warnings that were given, uh, left, and many people who were poor uh, and did not have the actual means or the transportation capabilities were left in the affected region and left to fend for themselves. Um, You know, to me, if anything, um, if, if emergency management uh, facilitators are here to do anything, it's to try to adapt to something that they know is coming and get people out of the area quickly. They didn't do that. They failed to do that. They, as a matter of fact, they didn't fail to do it. They deliberately did that. They wanted to leave as many people of uh, ethnic descent and of lower um, – uh, class status as far as money goes uh, in that region because they knew exactly what was coming and they wanted as many people as possible to, to die or be extremely weakened by what was to come. And in doing so, the, the place that they knew the most disease would, would breed would be in a confined location. Okay, so they told people to gather together where they knew resources would run out very quickly, where they knew that it would be very difficult to get a fresh line of supplies to, and where they knew sanitation, the uh, sanitary conditions would degrade extremely quickly. Okay, and you can just just look at some videos or pictures of what the Superdome looked like, and you'll understand what I mean if you haven't already seen those pictures. Okay, Um, the Superdome itself is shaped like a breast. Okay, it is shaped like a sacred feminine symbol. Okay, the breast, which is a symbol of nurturing, 
and motherhood and care. Okay? This was another example of a human sacrifice ritual and also possibly something that involves scale or weaponry. I can only speculate to that. Maybe it is a natural occurrence, but we can look into things like uh, other hurricanes happening during uh, 9-11. People don't know. There was a, hur- a giant hurricane. I think it was a Category 4 off the coast of New York City during 9-11, during the morning of, that quickly dissipated thereafter. Hurricane Erin, if you look that up, you'll see it off the coast of New York right around 9-11-2001. And this also could go hand-in-hand hand with um, some theories that people have speculated about a more exotic nature of possible weaponry used in in the 9-11 event and i'm you know researching into that myself but um my work focuses more on the symbolism of that event which this is what i'm trying to build toward to get people to understand all this prerequisite symbolism if you understand that and you understand how to associate these things because that is what the occult is about it is about symbolic associations and occultists always work through symbolic associations, all right? And people who say, oh, you can't associate these two things, that form of left-brain thinking, all right? I'm not saying that logical, reasonable left-brain thinking isn't very important, but you're not going to understand this language of symbolism if that's, how, if that's the only way that you think. Unless you put the analogous symbolism together in a way that is holistic and it associates ideas you're not going to understand how these occultists think it doesn't matter how you want to think i'm trying to put you into the mindset of these psychopathic people this is how they think that's that's the main point if you're going to pull one main point away from this understand that i'm trying to teach how they think not how i think okay I understand their symbols because I've studied them. This isn't necessarily how I think. I don't just purely reason from uh, analogous things put together in my mind from here and there. I'm explaining to you how their mind works. That's what you have to know. To know how to defeat the enemy, you have to know how the enemy's mind works. So that's what I'm endeavoring to do here. Okay? So understand that the Superdome is a sacred feminine symbol. They put as many people of poor and ethnic persuasion into the Superdome and essentially cut them off from supplies. Okay? Uh, there was no influx of supplies, and the sanitary conditions degraded very quickly so that these people would be stuck there without a line of help. And that's indeed what happened. And, you know, many people died, but it did not succeed to the point where that the uh, elites who really had this sacrifice in mind wanted it. I would look at it as a uh, semi-failed human sacrifice ritual or a largely failed one um, because people did eventually get in there and get uh, the, the necessary supplies to the people that were cut off at the Superdome and get them out of that uh, affected area. So... Um, I would say that it was definitely an intended human sacrifice ritual, all right? And it has the sacred feminine symbolism deeply associated with it. Now, two that are almost undeniable are the two you see uh, depicted in the images below, these two in image number four, 
which is the Columbine High School uh, shooting massacre, and the Virginia Tech um, uh, Technical Institute uh, massacre that happened a couple of years back. The Columbine High School massacre happened on Tuesday, April 20th. Now, we're right smack in the middle of the season that I'm going to be talking about in the second hour of the show called The Season of Sacrifice, okay? The second thing that you'll notice is, uh, specifically it happened on April 20th, which is another very uh, uh, um, significant occult day, okay? April 20th is the birthday of Adolf Hitler. And last year, in 2010, on the 20th of April, we had another attempted human sacrifice ritual, which caused incredible destruction environmentally and as far as life goes, mostly with animal life, okay, and is still being felt, the repercussions of which are still being felt. This was the Gulf oil spill disaster. That happened on April 20th. Now, you could keep arguing these are coincidences, that they just things just happen on these dates. You'll also see the date of the 11th incurred over and over again, okay? 9-11, th- uh, the Madrid, uh, Madrid bombings, I believe, happened on uh, the 11th of the month, okay? Um, just the other day on 3-11, and, uh, you know, I didn't specifically come out and say it, but I said we're going to probably need to watch in the second hour of the show for events such as this coming up soon, and it came even before I expected it. On 3-11, many people said watch for some sort of false flag event happen on this day. On 3-11, you have the uh, Japan earthquake and tsunami and the subsequent nuclear disaster that's unfolding before our eyes right now. Okay, so to go back to Columbine, look at the name of the school where this was done. Columbine High School. It is named after Columbia or Kalum, the dove. The name of the high school where this happened on April 20th, 1999, okay, was Columbine High School. And that is named after the goddess herself. Um, two students, Eric Harris and Dylan uh, Claybold, um, came in and basically assassinated students and um, a, a teacher. They killed 12 students and one teacher. Okay, And that, that's a symbolic number, 12 plus 1, 13. All right? The sun and the 12 houses of the zodiac invoked during this ritual. These children were on psychotropic medications. Psychotropics have been used in... That they were on antidepressants, what I call the demon drugs, the SSRIs and the SNRI drugs. We've talked about that extensively on this show. Um, this is quite possibly a Manchurian candidate-style situation, although I'm not definitively saying that is what it is. So you have to keep an open mind and understand if it's not orchestrated, which there is a possibility that it is, it may very well be an example of what's called synchromysticism. And synchromysticism needs to be kept in mind when we discuss this. This is the universe itself, the underlying creative intelligence of the unified field, actually orchestrating events. Some people have called this uh, the, the hand of principalities. Some have called it a hidden hand. Some have called it um, the hidden chiefs, as it's often referred to in the occult. 
all right, of a higher level m- m- mental force in the universe that is just self-existing, okay, a principality or something of that nature, okay. Some people have referred to them as angels. Um, this is where it becomes speculation to me. I'm not going to say what I believe definitively about this, but I'd encourage people go and check out the movie um, The Adjustment Bureau, which is out now, and it's excellent. This is an example of the dichotomy between the arrangement through higher forces and free will. And the movie is all about free will, and the main hero of the movie, it's, it's phenomenal. Uh, it it emphasize, emphasizes how important and precious free will is, the main scene is enacted at the Statue of Liberty, another invocation of the goddess, and I believe this is all allegorical. This is all allegorical and symbolic, and the movie paints a very powerful uh, moral lesson. And I encourage people to check it out. I thought it was phenomenal. Um, you know, it's not, I guess, the highest quality Hollywood production out there, but for what it is, it was pretty well done. Um, and again, it teaches a lot about the preciousness of free will. Now, in synchromysticism, these higher-level intelligence, this higher-level intelligence that is just inherent to creation, orchestrates events to try to reach us with a message that is nonverbal, that is unspoken, that simply has to do with patterns that we must become conscious enough to see and interpret for their meaning. And uh, I have to throw that out there as a possibility for what these rituals indeed represent. Uh, I do believe that they're more likely orchestrated. Uh, that's, I lean toward that, but I keep an open mind that it may be synchromysticism as well. Um, one example I think was clearly an orchestration was the Virginia Tech shooting, okay? And the Virginia Tech massacre um, happened within the season of sacrifice, which I'm going to lay that out what that is very shortly when we go to Oracle Broadcasting. Um, this happened on Monday, April 16th, 2007, right in the middle of the season of sacrifice. Okay? Uh, it happened on a Monday as well. Okay? This is uh, Monday and Tuesday are days where they really like to bring these uh, events forward. Okay? Not always, but very often. I would also say Friday is a day when they bring them out as well because Tuesday is an invocation to the, the god of war, Mars. It's Mars's day. 9-11 was done on a Tuesday, okay? The Columbine High School on a Tuesday. Monday is the goddess's day. It's the moon's day associated with the goddess. Friday is Freya's day, the Norse goddess, okay? So uh, it's another invocation to the goddess. In French, it's Vendredi, which is Venus's day, all right? So here we have another name of the goddess. The goddess is often referred to as the virgin, okay? The mother of Jesus is the virgin queen, okay? The the blessed mother, Mary, the virgin. This happened in Virginia Tech, okay, named after the virgin. We've talked about Washington, D.C., named after Kalum the dove, Columbia, Okay, another example of the goddess, and it sits in between Maryland and Virginia, two states named after the goddess, because this symbol that is, was supposed to be about the seat of care, okay, has actually become the seat of male domination in this country, 
the Washington, D.C., the District of Columbia. And it is actually turned from a, a sacred feminine symbol of the, 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 the breasted dome with the goddess Columbia or freedom atop it, supposedly representing Congress, which is coming together of male and female forces. Instead, it has basically become a rape. It has become a sacred, or not a sacred, but a demented form of masculine control of male dominator um, consciousness that is raping the sacred feminine okay, between the two states of Maryland and Virginia. All right? Uh, we have to understand these are this is planned this is an accident okay not not even that is not synchromysticism people named uh these the the capital of this country after the goddess they named those states and put it in between those two states after the goddess that's a deliberate effort and i believe virginia tech was also a form of manchurian candidate mind control if you look at the uh, individual who carried that out, Hui Ch- Seng Hui Cho, um, he killed 32 individuals and then turned the gun on himself for a total of 33. So here's another symbolic number of killings. In, in Columbine, it was 13 people. In Virginia Tech, named after the Virgin, it was 33 individuals, symbolic of the 33 degrees of known official, officially known Freemasonry. So look at these as a pattern. Take them as a pattern together. Understand the dates when they happen. All right? The final one that we're going to talk about is the Columbia Space Shuttle Disaster. Okay? Again, named after the goddess. It looks like a white bird. All right? The Columbia Shuttle looks like a bird with its wings outstretched. How was it destroyed? It was burned up during re-entry into the Earth's atmosphere. A burn-up is essentially an immolation. Okay, The immolation of the dove, symbolically. And the craft is named after the dove. Kalun, Columbia, the goddess. How many individuals in the crew were aboard that lost their lives during this human sacrifice ritual? Well, that, um, that was seven individuals as part of the, the mission crew. Those seven individuals were um, five male and two female. And as we talked about, the gods of the sky that are uh, what the astrotheological traditions are um, patterned after, and what the chakras represent, okay? The seven objects that can be seen with the naked eye from Earth is the Sun, the Moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. The seven gods of the ancient world and the astrotheological traditions. So you had five male representing the Sun, Mercury, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn, and the two females representing the moon and Venus. Is this coincidental? Is this synchro-mystic? I personally don't think so. I think that's the crew that they wanted, chose to do this upon because it was five men and two women. They chose a way of doing it, making it look like an accidental burn-up in the atmosphere, and it was an immolation of the goddess Columbia. The white bird or the white dove, and 
this to me is a clear example, understanding this pattern of um, human sacrifice symbolism related to the goddess and the goddess tradition. And what they are essentially doing over and over again through um, this form of ritual is immolating or murdering or destroying the goddess. It's a symbolic killing of the sacred feminine, which is really the way out of the mess that we're, we're in, is getting in touch with that force. I just looked it up here. The Madrid bombing in Spain happened on March 11th as well. That's the tsunami was on the anniversary of that. So again, we have the date, the 11th. Um, it comes up over and over again. It's just, it's about being conscious enough to understand the pattern. That's what we're getting at here. Uh, keep an open mind and look at the pattern that is unfolding right before our eyes in the light of day. We only need to be conscious enough to see it and recognize it for what it is. So uh, with that having been said, I'll get to the section on, maybe recap a little and get to the section on uh, the season of sacrifice and what that actually is during the next hour. So right now I'm going to connect in with Oracle Broadcasting and wait for uh, the host of the Intel Hub uh, radio show, Bob Tuscan, to introduce the show. Uh, hold on and bear with me, ladies and gentlemen, while we connect. Here we go. You have reached the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network call-in line. After the beep, please say your name and where you're calling from, and the on-air host will take your call momentarily. Mark Passio, what on earth is happening? Every Saturday, 10 o'clock Central on Oracle Broadcasting, truthfrequencyradio.com. Throughout history, the power to issue money has been used to enslave man into a perpetual system of debt. Power of the Purse Volume 1 is a four-hour and 50-minute documentary film that dissects the true history of the people who have controlled the monetary systems of the world. It exposes how bankers have historically engineered artificial economic booms and busts to control their wealth and power. It exposes the world... Hey there, Mark. Is that you, buddy? Funding both sides hey, Bob. How are you? Good, good man. The Trump Central Bank had a good uh, hour with Stan Dale. Fantastic, man. Great guest. A good segue to your topic tonight. Awesome. Many illusions in the modern-day monetary system. What is this sacrifice-based uh, uh, ritualistic stuff going on, man? I know. It's, uh, it's a bizarre belief system, and the people who enact it have the will to do it because they're psychopathic in nature, and uh, they don't care who they hurt to get, to get it done and to get their will accomplished. I hear you, man. Hey, Philly's coming up sooner rather than later, man, less than a month. Yep. It's going to be great, man. A lot That's of people fast, are looking man. forward to it. We're selling a lot of tickets. It's, uh, it's going to be a great event. I'm looking forward to it. That's for sure. Getting a lot of publicity too, man. Freeman, uh, even though he's not hosting his show on Oracle, he's got Strater X uh, uniform. He's been plugging it every night. So. Nice. And we've been plugging it, and stuff will start to add up. And then you went on Jan's sh uh, show again, and he plugged it. Yep. I've been getting a lot of traffic through that. So I think things are going well. Great, man. All right, here we go. Stand by. 15 you seconds, and then we'll jump right into what on earth is happening.
What's on earth is happening, folks? Bob Tuskin, T-U-S-K-I-N. Feel free to add me on that Facebook crap. Anyway, uh, tonight, uh, Mark will be taking a look at the occult human sacrifice rituals involving the goddess symbolism, as he's been covering on past shows. And, of course, this show has a wealth of information in, in previous programs, so check out all the archives at his website. What on earth is happening? We bring to you on the Intel Hub radio show every Tuesday evening for the second hour of the program, What on Earth is Happening with Mark Passio, and we always kick it off with his introduction, and let's see if I can pull that up. Uh, where did it go? I think my program crashed, and I forgot all about it, so we might have to skip the introduction tonight, Mark. Let's see here. I just love the sound of it, though. Let's see if I can play in the next two seconds. If not, we'll jump right into What on Earth is Happening with Mark Passio, who is standing by with us, ready to go. Let's see. Can you hear this? I hope you can. Can you hear that? Maybe not. Hey, Bob, right, I'm going to queue up here. I can I can launch into it. Here we go. All right, let's let's start with your intro music. You play it on your end, and and I apologize about the glitch there, and we'll jump right into it. Wait a minute. That's what it's all about. Here we go. Oh, no, 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 Mark. Uh-uh. Skip the music. It's not meant to be. <laughs> Mark, sorry, sorry about that, Bob. I tried to patch it through, but it looks like uh, I'm having a little bit of audio problems on that. Yeah, it's, it's not meant to be tonight, uh, and uh, that's quite all right. Uh, not everything has to be perfect. Let's jump into it, though. What um, in the world is happening? Here's your host, Mark Passio. Bob, thanks so much. So, welcome, Oracle Broadcasting listeners. Uh, you're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. This is the segment of the Intel Hub radio show that I host every Tuesday evening at 9 p.m. Uh, thanks, Bob, for that introduction. Uh, in the last hour, we were talking about a very dark topic of discussion, which we're going to continue in this hour. Uh, we were talking about modern-day human sacrifice rituals that are conducted by dark occultists and what their system of beliefs are that lead to this form of behavior. And we were looking at examples in the modern day of sacrifice rituals, what I believe were sacrifice rituals, that involve the invocation of the goddess symbolism that we looked at last week and actually in the last couple of weeks. And it is a destruction of the goddess symbol because that is ultimately what dark occultists and dominators of any type really want to destroy. They want to destroy the sacred feminine within consciousness. They want to immolate care, as we talked about when we looked at the Bohemian Grove ritual and what the symbolism in that ritual represents. So if you've been listening to this segment, um, you know, you'll follow the tapestry here. And it is indeed a tapestry. If you haven't, I encourage everyone to go up to my website at whatonearthishappening.com and look at the podcast section there. You can follow it back from the time I started this show about a year ago and um, catch up 
uh, to date, and the tapestry is woven throughout those uh, 50 weeks of uh, shows that I've been doing. So with that having been said, what I want to do actually at the top of this hour for all of the Oracle listeners is just uh, announce the Free Your Mind Conference. This is a conference that's coming up here in Philadelphia that I am a co-host and organizer for. And um, this is racing toward us and coming up in early April. Free Your Mind is a conference on consciousness, mind control, and the occult. And it's scheduled for April 9th and 10th. In Philadelphia, that's Saturday, April 9th, and Sunday, April 10th. The location is Ruba Hall. Ruba Hall is at 414 Green Street here in Philadelphia. And the doors will be opening at 9 a.m. The uh, speakers will begin at 10 a.m. on both days. Admission price is only $20 per day if you get your tickets in advance by visiting the website. If you get them at the door, the tickets are $30 per day per person. Free Your Mind is a two-day conference for April 9th and 10th, 2011 in Philadelphia featuring multiple speakers and diverse educational materials for the purpose of raising public awareness of the critically important topics of mass mind control techniques, the covert and subversive influences upon consciousness and behavior, trauma-based and ritualized abuse, and the practical mental and emotional healing methodologies available for those affected by these devices. We have 16 phenomenal speakers lined up for this unique event, including Aaron McCollum, Alfred Weber, Andrew Basiago, Bob Tuscan, Farry Yurdozu, Freeman Fly, Jan Irvin, John Nicholson, Joseph Mara, Larkin Rose, Laura Eisenhower, Mark Matika, myself, Mark Passio, Michael Kelly, Paul Marco, and Suzanne Taylor. We'll also be screening, having an exclusive Philadelphia screening of Suzanne Taylor's great documentary film, What on Earth? Inside the Crop Circle Mystery, at the end of the day on Saturday evening. And on Sunday evening, we will be having a, a panel discussion and, and Q&A session with whatever speakers happen to be remaining at the conference at the end of the day and want to take part in the panel discussion. So I encourage listeners on Oracle to please check out the Free Your Mind conference. If it's something you feel you can attend, we would love to have you uh, at the event. For more information, go to the conference website at www.freeyourmindconference.com. Free Your Mind conference coming up. April 9th and 10th here in the city of Philadelphia. So um, let me uh, go forward back into the topic. And what we were talking about at the end of the last hour uh, was goddess symbolism being invoked in human sacrifice rituals. We talked about war as being a human sacrifice ritual. Okay, We talked about the removal of the sacred feminine from the so-called holy trinity. Okay, being replaced with the symbol of the dove uh, as the Holy Spirit. But instead, the divine mother of that equation has been removed or taken away or, or uh, relegated to the status of a ghost, the Holy Ghost. The spirit has been removed. It's been killed from the world. Okay? We looked at the death of Princess Diana, also named after one of the goddess incarnations known as... Um, uh, Diana in the Roman tradition. Diana was the goddess. Okay, We looked at the 
sacred feminine breast as a symbol, the symbol of the breast itself or the dome, a domed building often used to invoke the sacred feminine. And we see how that is subverted in Washington, D.C. It is dwarfed by the obelisk or the phallic symbol of the Washington Monument. Okay, In the uh, example that I gave as a human sacrifice ritual, we looked at the Superdome in New Orleans, shaped like the sacred feminine breast, where thousands of people were herded into that building who, who were unable to leave that affected area during Katrina back in 05. And they were left there without food, without medical supplies, in horrendous sanitary conditions. And FEMA largely did nothing about it for almost an entire week. So we saw two other examples invoking the goddess's name, Columbine High School. We'll talk about that more, Mark, on the other side of the break, uh, folks. uh, We're coming up. You're listening to the Intel Hub Radio with Mark Passio and What on Earth is Happening. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over five years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, hey there, Mark. I offers amazing specials Sorry, for Berkey Bob, Water Filtration. I didn't catch the, the break music coming in there. Yeah, yeah, you won't always be able to hear it. Remember that it's extremely low, so it's a little bit misleading to go I'll, based I'll, on I'll hearing turn, it. I'll turn my uh, speaker uh, feedback up so I could uh, catch that. Or just keep an eye on the clock. Yes. Um, you have the, time, the break times, right? Yes, yes, I do, but that wasn't up on my screen. I'll bring it up to keep that in mind. Thanks. Yeah, that was, that was the 17. There's the 29.50. There's the 44, the 57. And give yourself a good, good amount of space. Once you hear the music, give yourself a good amount of space between... When you stop talking in the outro. You got it. You know the Constitution and the back of Not a problem, man. You read books. Well, it kind of thinks with the commercials, but, you know. And watched video. I mean, once you, once you were done with all the announcements, you got into it. And uh, it, um, you only had a quick segment there before you were cut off. Com. Exercise your freedom of speech with the world's most dangerous bubble. Anyways, here we go. A minute and then we're back. But wait. There's more. You can buy Liberty Snickers wholesale. Get them for 99 cents each when you put 100 or more in your shopping cart in any combination. Sell them or give them away. The great for gun shows, flea markets, fairs, outreach, and more. Earn extra money, promote freedom, and spread the word. Need custom stickers, labels, or decals for your organization or business? Liberty Stickers makes them. Go to libertystickers.com to order. Call 877-873-9626. Libertystickers.com, the world's most dangerous stickers. At HempUSA.org, we offer chemical-free products to people around the world, detoxifying, self-healing, while rebuilding the immune system. We urge our listeners to please consider our largest selling product, MicroPlant Powder. Our MicroPlant Powder is rich in silica and probiotics to help rebuild the immune system and to create a healthy stomach flora. MicroPlant powder is excellent for daily intake and is perfect to add to your storage shelter. We urge our listeners to please visit us at HempUSA.org. And remember, all of our products are chemical-free and healthy to eat. We constantly strive to give you the best service, highest quality, and rapid shipping anywhere. And we offer free shipping on orders over $95 in the U.S. 
please visit us at hempusa.org or call 908-691-2608. That's 908-691-2608. See what our powder, seeds, and oil can do for you at hempusa.org. Live Free or Die Radio with Lee Rogers, the most dangerous talk show in America. Weekdays at 9 p.m. Central on Oracle Broadcasting. All right, we're back on What on Earth is Happening as part of the Intel Hub Radio Show. I'm your host, Mark Pascal, my website, whatonearthishappening.com. Um, I would like everyone to go to that website and check out the images there that I have listed for um, the discussion tonight. Um, If you go to the Radio Listen page on the website, there you will see images for tonight's show, and you will see two sections, Sacrifice of the Goddess and the Occult Season of Sacrifice, which is what we are getting ready to talk about tonight. Before we do so, I want to bring up the uh, two of the sacrifice rituals to lead into this segment that I talked about in the first hour, and that was the two school shootings. Okay, These are basically uh, destructions of innocence of people who are very young. Okay, Now, whatever you think of high school students or college students, that's not the point. They are invoking the destruction of youth. Okay, like they do at Bohemian Grove as well. They burn a child. Um, human sacrifice rituals very frequently involve the young. Soldiers are also quite young, usually between the ages of 18 and 25, the, ver- the vast bulk of them. Um, these are people who really have not fully, truly understood of the important things about life yet. They really are often very confused individuals and are trying to sort out what's really going on in the world and most of all what's going on within themselves and in their own life and how their life fits into the bigger picture. So you have to understand these sacrifices often involve people who are not very learned or well-read or well-educated. It's uh, people who are loners and isolationists and um, people who basically already have some sort of emotional issues going on within themselves that can be used for these rituals. I believe that that is what was done during Columbine and Virginia Tech and understand that these two rituals both invoke the name of the goddess. Okay, The Columbine high school shootings, which happened on uh, the morning of April 20th, 1999, were um, done at a high school that was named after the goddess Columbia. Okay, one of the names of the goddess is Columbia. It comes from the, the derivation comes from the French language uh, and other Romance languages, which the root Columb is stands for dove. It means dove. Okay, so the goddess symbolism of the dove here is being invoked at Columbine High School, all right? Um, 13 people were killed. We talked about that as a symbolic number, the sun and the 12 houses of the zodiac. It's the killing of the light, okay? Again, the light is also associated with the sacred feminine because the illuminated torch is one of the goddesses' symbols, as we saw when we looked at the Statue of Liberty and uh, Columbia um, in general, the symbolism for the goddess and the dove. Okay, 
Uh, Virginia Tech also happened within this time period that I'm about to talk about. This happened a little bit earlier in the year. It happened April 16, 2007, but it was also well within the time period, the 40-day period, called the season of sacrifice, which is what the main topic of this hour is going to be. Um, and for, for there, we're going to start going to the images that are in the second part, the second section on the, the website there. It says the occult season of sacrifice. Okay, so here's the second example here that I'm uh, offering as an example. The Virginia Tech massacre happened in Blacksburg, Virginia in 2007. It happened during this occult season of sacrifice that we're going to be uh, bringing up. And um, it is also named after the goddess, the Virgin, Virginia. Okay, we talked about the District of Columbia being situated between two states that are named after the goddess, the, the, the male phallic energy of the, uh, the, the government, okay, male dominator, okay, being placed in between the two sacred feminine states named after the sacred feminine, Maryland or Maryland and Virginia, the virgin, okay, this is not accidental, all right? It's, this is symbolic language, and it references the goddess, all right? We looked at the Columbia Space Shuttle disaster as well, an immolation of this symbol of the goddess, or white dove, and named after the goddess as well, Columbia. Now we want to look at time periods to watch out for, all right? And we're getting ready to enter this, which is very appropriate. We're doing this on March 15th, the Ides of March, as they call it, um, but we are getting ready in four days to enter this time period, which is why specifically it's very actually uh, synchronous that this would happen, uh, that this show, which is what I was going to be talking about, would occur right now at this time because we're, again, about to enter this time period. So if we look at image number one in this section called Occult uh, Season of Sacrifice, this is simply the zodiacal wheel that we've already covered on this show in previous broadcasts. And it shows you the quartering of the zodiac that the ancients did to basically show the path of the sun during the course of the year and how the sun was uh, uh, essentially the giver and bringer of life, the uh, thing that basically made all life possible on the earth, okay? And to show when the seasons of, uh, of the sun's uh, vibrance and high points are during the course of the year to know when to plant and when to harvest, because then in the darker time of the year, which we call the, the uh, autumn and winter, uh, crops do not grow very well, and basically that's a season of death. Okay, so we have when the sun is in the northern hemisphere or above the equator, that's spring and summer. When the sun goes down below the equator uh, in the northern hemisphere, that's the dark season or the seasons of autumn and winter. So really in the ancient interpretation, there really technically were only two seasons. We create a more subtle uh, quartering uh, with the, um, the uh, quartering uh, the zodiac through the summer, solsti summer and winter solstices and the spring and the autumn equinoxes. So you can see that cross, that equal armed cross that is vertically and horizontally oriented is 
created by the solstices and the equinoxes. That's the equinoxes are the time when the sun is right at the equator with relation to the earth. The, it does not make any angle with respect to the earth's equator. Okay, and what what drives this angle is the tilt of the earth with respect to its orbit around the sun. That's that's what creates our seasons. We talked about this in the astrotheology section many weeks back. Um, the four seasons then basically create the spring, the summer, the autumn, and winter. And um, we, we have the, the, the favored season, being the, the season when the sun is above the equator, being halved by the summer solstice line. Okay, So that creates spring there in, in the first part of that uh, uh, coming up above the horizon, uh, above the equator mark, the zero degree point. And then before it sets below that point, it passes through its high point, the summer solstice, and into the season of summer. Okay, So the sun goes around this in a clockwise fashion during the course of a year. And at the midpoints of this quartering of the zodiac into the four seasons, we see the main Sabbaths or the holidays, the, the special days of the occult. Okay, These were celebrations in uh in ancient times and up through the modern world, they still are, although they carry a very dark connotation in the dark aspects of the occult in the modern world. Uh, and I'll try to briefly explain, explain what these Sabbaths were about. May 1st is the critical one to keep in mind tonight. This is May Day or Valpurgisnacht, St. Valpurgis Night. Okay. This hey, uh, Mark, uh, May Day, May Day. Uh, let me interrupt real quick, and sure. we'll get back to that at the other side of this break. Uh, I'm getting reports now that, of course, iodine has been depleted in most stores, but we have an alternative for our listeners. Check out using iodine. Where, where's my notes here? Iodine, nascent iodine, N-A-S-C-E-N-T, nascent iodine as an alternative. We'll have that linked up to the intelhubradio.com. Don't go anywhere. More with Mark Passio. What on earth is happening? You are listening to the Oracle Broadcasting Network, the forms of cutting edge talk radio. A wealthy U.S. citizen is predicting that in 2011, we will witness the most important day in America in more than 50 years. He says it will change everything about our lives. The way you shop, travel, invest, educate your children, and even how to take care of your health and your family. You see, he predicted the class of GM, any May, Freddie Mac, and America's biggest mall owner, General Growth Property, a few years ago. In fact, Morales called his work a dire prophecy. And it's a real eye-opener. I can't stress this enough. You should at least watch this free video online today. He explains everything you need to know, including simple steps you can take to protect yourself. You can find the video at www.aceofamerica10.com. Although this video may be offensive to some audiences, it's worth checking out. Again, that's www.aceofamerica10.com. The Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network is on a mission to bring you the best in cutting-edge talk radio. 
Oracle Broadcasting is a true beacon of free speech, uncensored news, and relevant information that depends on the support of listeners just like you. You can help us expand our reach and inform the masses. Promote the network by clicking the socialize link on the left-hand side of the oraclebroadcasting.com website. Using the simple tools provided, it is easy to spread the word about Oracle Broadcasting on social networking websites, blogs, news feeds, and many other ways with just one click. You can also help by becoming an Oracle Broadcasting member today. For just $5 a month, you get access to the member stream and allows you to listen to all of the great shows from Oracle Broadcasting in 128K stereo CD audio quality. To find out more, go to oraclebroadcasting.com. And thank you for listening to the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network. Amazon.com has become a leader in online retail, and it's a place where people can find and discover virtually anything they want to buy. Amazon offers thousands of products, including books, movies, and music, full range of electronics, computer and office, sports and outdoors, dry storable and organic foods, health and wellness, survival and tactical gear, home and garden, and much more. Amazon not only offers over 10,000 online products, but also operates retail websites and offers programs that enable you to sell your products online. By making your purchases through Amazon.OracleBroadcasting.com, a portion of each purchase goes to the Oracle Broadcasting Network. Find great prices on hard-to-find items and help support Oracle Broadcasting at the same time. That website, again, is Amazon.OracleBroadcasting.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back on the What on Earth is Happening segment as part of the Intel Hub radio show here on Oracle Broadcasting. We were talking about the occult season of sacrifice, and I'm attempting to uh, basically get to the explanation of what that is and uh, how it is uh, invoked and what to watch out for uh, coming up in the next um, 40-day period uh, starting on March 19th. But uh, the prerequisite understanding of this is a simple uh, understanding of the, uh, the Earth's motion around the sun, how that creates the four seasons, how the ancients would quarter this into the four uh, uh, seasons uh, on the zodiacal wheel, and the midpoints of these seasons being the, uh, the high points of the seasons, so to speak. Um, and when the, uh, the occult traditions of the ancient world would celebrate um, as a holiday the very midpoint of these four seasons. So the first we were looking at is the midpoint of spring, or May Day, okay? May 1st. This is Valpurgisnacht. It's actually on the, on the stroke of midnight between April 30th and May 1st. And, and again, these are always celebrated at midnight. Um, this is the first Sabbath, okay? And this is the spring fertility rites. This is when some form of offering would often be made to the earth in the form of a sacrifice to ensure a bountiful harvest come harvest time because the spring is your planting season, okay? So you can see that the bull, which is another symbol of fertility, is 
the midpoint of spring, Taurus there, and that is the earth sign, okay? Spring is ruled by the earth sign of Taurus. In the summer season, the Sabbath midpoint is known as Lamas, Lamas Day. This is also called midsummer, okay? And that is the uh, midnight between um, uh, July 31st and August 1st, all right? And this is the high point of the sun at Leo, because this is the season when the sun basically comes into its strongest energy, okay? Uh, it is a roaring lion with a mane, that, that being symbolic of the rays of the sun, okay? And this is basically another um, uh, celebratory festival, Lamas, in general, during the midpoint of summer. Now, and it is also like a, a sort of like a thanks um, uh, celebration to give thanks for the harvest of, of food and abundance that uh, came about through um, plant, the planting season in the spring. Uh, it is also a glorification of the sun in general because that's what makes everything grow. So this is a celebration of the sun and a, a form of thanksgiving, so to speak, to uh, um, the uh, abundance that was derived, again, from the planting season. Now, when we go into the season when the sun enters the southern hemisphere, which is after the autumn equinox, that is the lower six um, zodiacal signs on this chart here in image number one on the section called Occult Season of Sacrifice on my website in, on the Radio Listen page. We see the midpoint of the autumn season or the fall because the sun is now falling in strength and this is ruled by a water sign, Scorpio. Okay, The sun has been stung by the venom of the scorpion and is losing strength during this season. Its midpoint is directly at the midpoint of Scorpio, which is October 31st. Okay, this is the midnight between October 31st and May 1st. Uh, I'm sorry, and November 1st. And this is called Hollow Mass or uh, Sowen, as it is written here. That is a, um, a druidic uh, word. And um, basically, this part of the ritual is uh, th- this part of the of the um, uh, uh, of the Sabbaths. Uh, hollow mass is essentially about uh, death, okay? It is essentially about um, valuing life uh, that is lived in its fullness and also giving homage to the souls that have moved on and are dead, okay? That, ha- that are no longer in, in incarnation within the physical world, okay? So uh, it's known in the Christian tradition as All Saints Day, November 1st. And All Souls Day is then, then follows it on the 2nd, I believe, of November. So um, this is like uh, an honoring of the ancestors, of the spirits that have moved on beyond this world. And this is also a time when sacrifices are conducted. Okay, um, I would say this date is probably the second uh, greatest point of sacrifice during the occult year and is considered the second most important next to Valpurgisnacht or May 1st. Uh, there is also another major Sabbath that happens during the winter season in, in the midpoint of Aquarius, and that is Candlemas, also known as Imbolc in the Druidic tradition. That's on February 2nd. And this is kind of like a, um, uh, a celebration of the spring getting ready to come on, okay, and looking forward to the time of life and rejuvenation, okay? So this winter is halfway over, 
and basically it is a looking forward to what's going to happen during the next year, uh, the next year of the, the sun cycle. Um, and we see this in prognostication uh, rituals like what we see during um, uh, uh, Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day happens on February 2nd or in bulk candle mass um, because what they're, what they're basically doing is uh, judging by the weather patterns whether they think there's going to be a gentle uh, second half of winter uh, leading to a, a prosperous spring where you could start planting early and uh, ensure a greater harvest or whether the winter is really going to hit very hard and you know, you're really going to need to ride it out through your supplies and uh, you know the conditions for planting may not be as favorable during the next coming cycle. So um, that's what this part of the year is often about. It's a, a, a hopeful ritual and one in which you know you're basically putting intentions forward that the second part of winter will not be too extreme. So those are the four occult holiday holidays. These are the occult sabbats as they are known. And what I want to talk about mostly today is. May 1st, Valpurgisnacht, and I want to address your attention to the time period between the, the horizontal uh, line at the left-hand side of the zodiac between Pisces and Aries, the spring equinox, which we are coming to in a few days, and the midpoint arrow, the red midpoint arrow of the spring season, which points through the center of Taurus, of the house of Taurus, Okay, which points at Valpurgis Noct or May 1st. This 40-day period between March 19th and May 1st is referred to in the occult, in the dark occult, as the season of sacrifice. Okay, This is the time period where sacrifices would be offered to ensure uh, a, a harvest that would ensure that crops would grow, that the sun would look favorably upon the earth, that there would be this sacred marriage between the sun and the earth to create a lot of food and a lot of prosperity. So this is when dark occultists that are looking for their prosperity during the course of the year will often invoke some form of a sacrifice that is connected with mind control. Okay, And I believe two of these examples if they are not direct orchestrations, are certainly examples of um, synchro mysticism when it comes to goddess symbolism and human sacrifice, I lean more toward the purely orchestrated uh, component of this. Um, they often happen during this 40-day period. Now, there's 365 days in a year. So statistically, we're talking about something that is significant for events of an extreme negative nature having to do with mass killing to happen during this 40-day time period. It's not st statistically um, uh, insignificant, all right? So we're going to look at why this is considered their season of sacrifice, what it actually represents. In the next two images, we're, we're going to see how different occult symbolism relates to this season or time of the year and what it really ultimately means. So we look at the sun's motion uh, with respect to the earth and the earth's plane of orbit with respect to the sun. We understand that's what creates the seasons. In the second image, which is uh, image number two in the section called uh, Season of Sacrifice, we see the solstices and the equator. 
Okay, so this is another way of looking at the sun's motion. It just keeps going up and down along that line. It, it goes from the middle point to the top, then back to the middle, then to the bottom, and that's basically how the the sun progresses during the course of the year with respect to the angles that it makes with the Earth's equator. The top line is the summer solstice, and that is when the sun is at a 23.5 degree northern angle at the Tropic of Cancer. The midline is the equinoxes when the sun is at zero degrees, equal days, equal days and nights, okay? Equal amount of uh, light and darkness, hence the name equinox. That's the break music. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Every day you hear the news. As an American citizen, I'm sure you're concerned. You may even feel like you have no control. Of course, you can't control things like natural disasters or the real estate meltdown, but these days, a number of Americans are returning to the practice of being self-reliant by keeping food and water in reserve. That's why you need BeFoodReady.com. BeFoodReady.com has high-quality, delicious foods that are savable and storable. The foods are dehydrated, so all you need to do is add water. They're made from premium-grade fresh raw fruits, vegetables, dairy products, and other high-quality ingredients. Our stuff is awesome, and it's available in single packets for less than $2 a serving. When you buy it in a pack, it can be $0.91 cents or less, depending on the package that you're getting. And these foods can be stored for as long as 15 years. Log on to our website to watch a short video, learn about our food selection, how to start your own business, and how you can try six meals for free. Log on to BeFoodReady.com. Hey, this is Jack Flood, host of Deadline Live. For years now, I have been cheating the multinational pharma cartels and have avoided expensive doctor bills by taking Enerfood products every day. These are the products that the powers that be do not want you to know about and with Codex Alimentarius legislation are actively trying to ban. Why? Because if you take Enerfood coconut milk powder and switch to all organic Nutri-Cafe coffee and Coco Mojo, you won't need them. Go to enerfood.com today to learn more about how a daily inexpensive intake of nature's superfood will increase your immune system by flushing out toxins and how this will increase your energy, stamina, and focus. You know, you can't take on the new world order from your couch. E-N-E-R-F-O-O-D.com, or give them a call today, 866-762-9238, 866-762-9238. Tell them Jack Blood sent you. My name's John. I've been having problems with my blood pressure for years. My doctors tried everything without much success. I heard about Extendivite from a friend who thought, why not give it a try? It's been three months now. My doctor is very pleased with how my blood pressure is finally coming down. I have a lot more energy than I've had in a long time. It's working for me. For 12 years now, I've been helping people. My name is Don Whitkin, and I want you to know Extendivite works. If you're looking for more energy or just want to be as healthy as you can, now is the time to join the growing list of real people benefiting from Extendivite. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com. 
This is Jack Blood, your radio gun. You're listening to Oracle Broadcasting Network, the home of tyranny-smashing, cutting-edge talk radio. Smashing tyranny is what we do right here on What on Earth is Happening and on the Intel Hub radio show right here on Oracle Broadcasting. So we were talking about the occult season of sacrifice before the break. This is the last segment for tonight. We have two images left to make our way through. We were talking about uh, why this is considered the season of sacrifice to the dark occultist because it is all ultimately about the killing of the light. It is about the killing of the goddess as well, the bringer of the light, okay, um, who bears the light into existence, as we saw with goddess symbolism representing the divine sacred feminine force that ultimately is about our emotional qualities that uh, bring forward to the light of day true, true reason and true understanding and then true moral action in the world. So, in the image number two in the season of sacrifice section, we see the zodiacal wheel depicted in a, in, in a uh, form with the sun upon it, and the midpoint of that, of that um, uh, image, the midline, okay, the, um, the uh, equatorial line, okay, that depicts when the sun is at zero degrees with respect to the uh, Earth's equator. Um, this is the points that we refer to during the course of the year as the equinoxes, equal day, equal day and night, okay? Equinox means equal night uh, in Latin. So um, these two points, the, the, the sun makes no angle with respect to the earth, okay? So you get an equal amount of day and night, all right? Um, this is what we're coming up to on March 20th of this year, okay? March 19th is a big date in the occult as well, okay? And it's specifically because it is the eve, usually, of the equinox, the spring equinox, when the sun is at the equator point, at exactly zero degrees. Now, this lower six houses of the zodiac, okay, in the lower portion of the zodiacal circle, is referred to as the tomb of the sun, Okay, it is referred to as the sun's grave, coffin, or tomb, because this is the time when the sun is in of the year during this, these six months that the sun is in the um, southern hemisphere, and the northern hemisphere is not favored by the, the capabilities of the sun, by the the, gr- the growing um, capability. It is not favored by the warmth of the sun, okay, or the energy that the sun outputs to basically bring life to whichever hemisphere it is in. Hence, when it is in the southern hemisphere, the northern hemisphere is experiencing its death season. Okay? Things do not grow. When it is in the northern hemisphere, there is a rejuvenation of the, the, the earth, and crops then do grow. Okay? So, it, on the second uh, right-hand side of this image, we see the date March 22nd. This is when the um, season of sacrifice comes into, really comes into being. And symbolically, this date represents something to dark occultists. This is because it actually breaks the equatorial line. The whole disk of the sun is not at the equator anymore. 
okay? It actually comes up above the imaginary line that defines the equator, the sun's disk, okay? As you can see visually depicted there. So this is the third day after the beginning of the equinox, okay? The sun, so again, on the third day, the sun of God rises from the dead, okay? This is all about astrotheology. We talked about astrotheology extensively. This is the root of that um, part of the Christian exoteric tradition. It is about the sun rising after three days of darkness. Three zodiacal houses, he was at its lowest point of power at the winter um, solstice, December 21st, 22nd. Okay? After three days, he is born okay, symbolically at Christmas, December 25th is when the sun starts moving back north again, but then he rises out of his tomb after three days, Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces, the three uh, houses, zodiacal houses that comprise winter. So that's what you're seeing here. And then they repeat this cycle in three actual physical days, okay? Um, after the spring equinox, the third day is March 22nd, 3 2, two. That's what it represents. This is the rising of the sun, okay, or Lucifer rising. The sun or the light looks in Latin, and fere means to bring. The light is being brought to the northern hemisphere, okay? And again, dark occultists are, in fact, Luciferians. Okay? They are a solar cult, all right? So I wrote here on the third day after the spring equinox, the sun breaks past the equator, thus fully emerges from its tomb of the southern hemisphere. This symbolically represents Lucifer, the light bringer, rising from the dead to begin his journey toward his highest place of power at the summer solstice, okay, which you would see at the top of that zodiacal wheel depicted, okay, right at that line, at that vertical line, all right? Lucifer means looks plus fere in Latin, light bringer, okay? These high and low points of light can also be seen in the cryptic tracing board of Tubal Cain. This is uh, connected with the Royal Arch Degrees of Freemasonry, and it is shown below. Okay? This is when you are starting to be introduced to what is known as luminized or illuminated Freemasonry. All right? And there you see astrotheology symbolically depicted. You see the planting season and the season of death. Okay? The season of life and death. Above is the season of life. That's the arch Okay, is depicted on top of that season of light. You have those six zodiacal houses. And then below is the season of death. There with the, the sarcophagus below and the light streaming down into it from above. Depicting that we symbolically need to get out of our spiritual death and come to the light. But as you see at the top, the world is kind of in ruins or disarray because that is what enlightenment uh, is about. It's coming to enough awareness or light to understand how much the world is certainly in disarray and disorder and chaos. That enlightenment doesn't have extraordinarily positive lessons to teach us about our current state. Okay, It has extraordinarily positive messages to teach, but it's showing us that we're not nowhere near there yet. And we have a long, hard, arduous journey ahead of us if we're going to create a world that resembles order or peace or harmony or freedom in any way. And that's what this tracing board is explaining. Now, this can also be seen by turning the first degree tracing board of the entered apprentice degree onto its side. Okay, And you see that 
and we haven't gotten into the symbols of Freemasonry yet, so this is kind of jumping ahead, but it's a brief explanation. These pillars represent the three lines we just saw above. They represent the solstices and the equinoxes, okay? The solstice, summer solstice, is depicted as the pillar of the sun or strength. That's the pillar of Joachim in Freemasonry, or Joachim, okay? And that's when the sun is at its highest point of power. That, that um, uh, pillar represents the Tropic of Cancer, 23.5 degrees north of the earth. The earth is symbolically depicted as the floor of the house because we have to stop identifying with base consciousness and earthbound, con- uh, ego-bound consciousness. And we have to start to understand the uh, consciousness of the gods, okay, or the consciousness of higher beings depicted there by the sun, the moon, and the all-seeing eye. The pillar of Boaz there symbolically represents that, that dark pillar at the bottom, symbolically represents the winter solstice, December 21st, 22nd, when the sun is at its lowest point of power. Hence, in this example, it, it is represented by the moon or the sun during its dark season, the, the you know the uh, moon being the god that is uh, out at night, the goddess that is uh, available at night, that is seen at night and depicted in its crescent form there. The all-seeing eye represents balance because that's how the all-seeing eye is activated. We talked about that when we talked about pine cone symbolism and the pineal gland. We need to bring the sun and the moon together to create balance, which really creates higher levels of consciousness and grants us access to Jacob's ladder or the ladder to, toward higher consciousness out of earthbound ego identification to cosmic consciousness. So I hope that people can symbolically follow that. Okay, We have to shift our brains out of left brain modality and into holistic thinking to understand these associations. I'll be breaking this tracing board down extensively in the coming weeks when we get into Freemasonry and the tradition uh, and philosophy that that represents. So what I want to be looking forward to that, Mark. Got it. That's all the time we have. Thanks so much. Tonight. You all want right, to take folks, a we'll Yeah, we'll be joined with Mark, uh, as usual, Tuesdays on the Intel Hub radio show. We'll be joined tomorrow night with another great program. Stay tuned. This is the Intel Hub radio show. Our website, theintelhubradio.com. Mark's website, whatonearthishappening.com. <laughs>